This is the Life Origami Podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will be reading to you from our book, The Lost Guru. Uncover the mental habits that prevent you from fully inhabiting your life and accessing your intrinsic wisdom. We'll read a portion of the book. Amethyst and I will have a conversation about it, and then we'll put them out three times a week until the book's complete. Enjoy the show. So in the last episode, we talked about our drive to thrive and how our feelings and emotions affect our nervous system and all of our body functions and therefore what we think affects our feelings, emotion, nervous system. In this uh, episode of the reading of the book, The Lost Guru, we're going to talk about the second brain. So the second brain influences mood and well-being. It is known that the stomach and, intest- and intestines operate like a second brain. The brain sends messages to the whole body, but the gut also talks back to the brain. So, if either of the two are troubled, it affects the other. When you are stressed, your gut knows it immediately. For instance, low levels of serotonin are linked to irritable irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. Plus, gut bacteria affects our eating cravings by acting through the vagus nerve, which connects 100 million neurons from the gastrointestinal tract, GI tract, to the base of the brain. Our enteric nervous nervous system produces more than 30 neurotransmitters by the neurons which line the gut. These produce 95 of the body's serotonin. These neurochemicals are used by the brain to regulate basic body processes as well as the mental processes such as learning, memory, and mood. So our stomach influences both mood and the gastrointestinal activity. There are 500 million neurons in the enteric system which is only 0.5% of that in the human brain, 80 to 100 billion. There are 100 million neurons in the human spinal cord. To explain this, 80 to 100 billion neurons are in the brain and only 500 million are found in the gut. However, the neurotransmitters in the brain are essential for function, yet 95% of them are produced in the gut. For this reason, the balance of different types of bacteria in the gut biome affects your emotions and the way your brain processes signals from your senses like sight, sound, flavors, and textures. So a way to increase serotonin naturally in the body is to eat foods with the essential amino acid tryptophan (laughs) found in salmon, eggs, spinach, seeds, turkey, milk, soy, nuts. This is where the expression is pertinent to feed your brain. Taking care of the second brain, the GI tract, is essential to keeping the brain healthy so that it functions at its best to have clarity. That way, 
you are able to learn and adjust to challenges that come your way. Understanding how the neuroplastic brain is able to function, adapt, grow, and learn is a useful way to understand how we think and the habits and patterns that are deeply entrenched within us. The second brain is as important as the cerebral brain because they influence the other. Thus, the science of neuroplasticity would include the interactions of the two and how they affect the other. Therefore, you can see how important it is to find an optimal equilibrium between the gut and the brain that's going to support physical and mental health. When we learn to leverage the neuroplasticity of the brain, we accelerate our growth, development, and sense of well-being. Author Commentary OMG! Just as we finished reading this section about the second brain, how it influences our mood and well-being, we got a ding-dong, we got our doorbell rang, and Perlator was there, and they delivered our first author copies of... The Lost Guru book. Yeah, we got our print copies of The Lost Guru. So that was exciting, did a little unboxing, we'll have to put a video up somewhere, and uh, it's exciting to see after two years <laughs> of slaving away. <laughs> it's like, yay, it looks good, it looks good. Yeah, we're really tickled we, how it turned out. Interesting how I was looking for the pictures first. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking for the pictures first. I was wanting to make sure the table of contents was right. <laughs> so uh, anyways, it's all good. So uh, now what we're going to do is uh, have a bit of a conversation about the the second brain, because I was when we did this research, this section of the book is um, really we can credit Amy for bringing it forward because I don't think I didn't have awareness of this until you brought it forward. Well, I started studying. We both did actually the neuroplasticity of the brain, and that was That's in the true. fall of two thousand and. 18? Yes. Because we took right. that trip to Banff and then we came back and we picked up the books. Not no, the that books. That was 2017. That was 20, December 2017. When we went out to Invermere in BC. Yeah. Yep. That's right too. So anyway, we were studying it and then I came across the information about the nervous system and the... Um, uh, the gastrointestinal tract. And so that's when we discovered about the second brain. Right, right. I mean, and, and the fascinating thing is is how interconnected it is. And, like, it's funny, when we were looking at the book, I said, is this a typo, enteric? <laughs> the enteric nervous system. Did you mean entire nervous system? <laughs> no, she says it's enteric. <laughs> so maybe for the people that are listening to this so that we don't make their ears bleed but <laughs> you know what what is the enteric nervous system and why is it important well um the enteric nervous system is 
um, it's a mesh-like system of neurons that are in the um, gastrointestinal tract and they operate independently of the autonomic uh, nervous system which is our brain and our um, uh, spinal cord and all the nerves attached <laughs> to all of this. Um, and they are derived from neural crest cells. That's what they're called, neural crest cells. Ah. And from the gist of it, what I can figure out here in real people terms Thank you. Is, <laughs> is they control the motor functions of your intestine system right and they all because they secrete um they also uh, um, affect the brain because they secrete um enzymes plus the neurotransmitters um that the brain needs in order to function so wow i that's the part that i was very surprised about um i thought all neurotransmitters were produced in the brain but they are also produced in the stomach and I was just reading through um, what's in the book just reminding myself here that there's 500 million neurons in the enteric system which is only 0.5 percent of what's in the human brain so um, 500 million versus 100 billion in the brain that's and a lot and there's a hundred million neurons in the spinal cord, so there's more neurons, five hundred million, in the stomach system, or the enteric um, enteric system, and there's a hundred million in the spinal cord, which is very surprising because that's five times more neurons in the enteric system than in the spinal cord. That I thought was really cool, um, but yet. Out of we have less neurons in the um, stomach system, the uh, intestinal system, but the neurotransmitters um, are produced in the gut. Ninety-five percent of them. So there's more neural cells in the brain, but there is more neurotransmitters being created in the stomach system. In intestinal system I keep calling it stomach but it's more than that um, so these neurotransmitters are essential for the brain to work so whatever's happening in our gut that is going to directly affect the brain in our head so that's why they call it second brain so that old adage the way to a man's heart is through his stomach is actually Feed me, feed, feed my me, brain. <laughs> feed me. But but the way to the way to our brains is through our stomach. That the health of our stomach will directly affect the. Uh, it, our stomach feeds and creates and manufactures. Sounds like in my terms, the neurotransmitters <laughs> that make the spinal cord and the brain and the nervous system work. Is that? Yep. Accurate? Yep. The eyelash bone Ooh, is connected to the toenail bone. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, there we go. So. Yeah, so the second brain, is, it's just as important as the cerebral brain because they influence each other. And so 
the science of neuroplasticity is what we're going to talk about next. But this science, um, it includes both of those brains then, the, the cerebral it. brain and the inter enteric brain. So the, what people should take away, what should people take away from this little tiny part of the book is that everything's connected and that your stomach is responsible for your brain's health and your brain's health is responsible for the quality of the, of the decisions and how we live our life. Is that not probably not yes. scientific what I'm saying, but it's true. And the thing is that this drive to thrive that we spoke about before, right? In order to thrive, we have to be able to take care of our brains and how they f it functions, because our brain and affects um, uh, our second brain, which is our uh, gastrointestinal tract, influences our mood and our well-being, and right. our mood and well-being is part of thriving. Exactly. So if you want to fully inhabit your life, having a healthy brain and a healthy gut is essential. And Gee, so we should have just said that right from the beginning and just <laughs> skipped all the <laughs> But you know what? But the, the percentages. thing is, well, <laughs> you could have, but they wouldn't have believed you. That's true. Because now we have the, the actual data to back it up. <laughs> yeah. It was, I didn't just make it up. It's, ac it's actually real science yeah there's actual real science behind this so uh there you go folks uh and by the way as we continue on reading we'd love to hear from you you can reach out to us on anchor you can uh, uh visit uh, uh anchor i think it's anchor.com slash life dash origami and or you search life origami podcast you'll find it in google and then you can in there you can leave us a voicemail and give us feedback or ask us questions. I we, think it would make a really neat discussion if anybody out there knows more about the second brain. Ooh, yeah. I'd like to learn more. I mean, we've been studying it in our um, in our textbooks and stuff like that, and on the web. But um, if there's somebody uh, out there that has practical uh, or scientific or medical knowledge about this, we'd yeah. we'd love to have a conversation about it. Like there's a lot or you about know it. somebody, let us know. There's a lot about it that I know from being in the science world, but um, there's so much that has happened, uh, the changes and stuff. So I think it would make a really interesting discussion. I just had an amusing thought. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. You're not going to quote Tigger. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> is the lost guru in my stomach? <laughs> Go away. If ninety-five percent of the neuro of the neurotransmitters are created in my stomach, eh, you know that whole gut feel, gut in, intuition, all that—that's kind of interesting. And I will say that in <laughs> another little factoid, You're so weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> but the you know that in. Um, in a lot of indigenous cultures, especially I, I know for a fact, South American shamans and the, the tribes, when they talked about thinking, they would put their hand over their stomach, not their, we think of thinking, we put our, we point to our heads. In, in a lot of indigenous cultures uh, and actually in 
a lot of um, Indian uh, Indian cultures, the actual their rep point of reference is actually the stomach and and the solar plexus as being the home of the brain, the thinking part in in their in their culture, in their in their stories, in their uh, what do you call you know their storytelling, their history, their hmm. ver- their verbal history. And I think that's really interesting. That's really and they actually cool. consider people who live in North America that are as mentally unwell. If you spend too much time in your head, they call that mental illness. Wow. Which is, that's kind of, that's really, if you just consider that, that's really kind of curious, isn't it? I'm impressed. <laughs> it, it is pretty interesting just from a, that that ancient knowledge without the science, that that ancient knowledge that they, that we now have the scientific proof to kind of sort of back that up. I think it's kind of interesting. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you, and stay tuned. There's more to come in the next episode.